Hello, friends. I want to welcome you to Connect Sunday, River West Church. As Pastor Mike just shared, this is an important day in the life of our church. Where what we do is we create space within our gathering for, for you to really learn about what God is doing at River West. And so here's the way that the service will go for the next 30 minutes or so. In just a moment, I'm going to open up a passage of Scripture that will serve as part of our sermon series, I Will Build My Church. Then I'm going to sit down for a short interview conversation with, uh, with, with a guy who's a part of our church, and we're going to talk just about he, how he and his family have engaged in, in what God is doing here in this season. And then finally, I'm going to give you instructions on how to join various Zoom calls at 11 a.m. Uh, from riverwest.org right after the service where you can hear from ministry leaders about ministries like kids ministry, student ministry, uh, our ministry to men and women, uh, our classes, community groups and house churches, our young and old community, all sorts of ways that you can engage here at the church. We're going to dive right into that after our um, after our teaching time. In fact, normally, if, you, if you've been with us before, you, you, you know that after the message, we usually have a time of communion and singing. Uh, but this week's going to be different. Our response is going to be engagement. It's going to be engaging in these calls, which might not sound super spiritual, but we actually believe that these, um, these ministries represent opportunities for you to engage in what God's doing. So really joining us in mission is an act of worship. And so we're calling you to that. We'll bring back the elements of singing and communion next week um, in our gathering. And, and, and really, what I want to say before we dive into the text today is, is that I'm really, really glad that you're here. This, um, this time in our city and our nation it's been so challenging. There's so many different ways that it's challenging. And, and even right now, there's incredible amounts of, of uncertainty and even devastation that we're hearing about these fires in our state and on the West Coast. And um, there's just so much. But I wanted to tell you that in the midst of all that, I'm really glad that you're here. And God has something for us today. And this is even a sacred and, and holy moment as we open God's word together. So for right now, I want to encourage you to please turn in your Bibles to the second chapter of Acts, which is a passage of scripture in the New Testament. And it is also an amazing band from the 1970s. And if you know, you know, look it up later. Um, but for now, turn to Acts chapter 2. We'll be in verses 42 to 47. I'm going to read that. Now, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is God's word. So if last week's passage, if you're with, a, with us last week, last week's passage in First Peter was... I think in some ways theologically challenging. 
But this passage that we looked at this week is, it's kind of practically and relationally challenging. If last week was sort of an exploration, um, orthodoxy, in, in, an, in an accurate and right understanding of the theological meaning of the church in the world, if last week was orthodoxy, then, then this week is orthopraxy, how the church lives out and practices its faith as the people of God, the community of Christ for the world. Now, the passage that I just read has been treated and, and mistreated in, in really a number of ways. On the one hand, there are some who have used this passage as sort of a heavy-handed critique of basically every church community that they've ever been a part of, saying things like, oh, if, if these people really love Jesus, then you know, fill in the blank based on this passage. And I've certainly been guilty of that, and perhaps you resonate with that as well. So that's, that's one way that this passage has been approached. On the other hand, there's many of us who have just largely ignored the prescriptive nature of this passage, of the things that this passage is actually calling us to do. I believe Luke, who wrote Acts, um, and he kind of wrote Luke and Acts as, as like one story of, of, of how God had invaded the world through Jesus and how he built this community, the church. I think that Luke is actually telling us something in this passage that we read, something to the effect of this is how I want you to practice your faith together. This is how I want you to live out life and community. I think he, in some ways he's literally saying to us, do this. And so this message is not about condemnation or, or guilt or, or you're not doing enough for Jesus. I simply just want to invite us this morning to look at this passage with fresh eyes and an open heart. Because I think that this passage is, speaks to us very specifically in our moment and in our time as a community of Christ for the world. And so as we start the conversation today, I want to look deeply at the word devoted. Now, it's right there at the beginning of the passage. In, in verse 42, uh, the reader, we, we are told that, this, that they, these brand new believers, had devoted themselves. And it's that word devotion that I think deserves our attention today. And so we're going to look deeply at it. It's, it's an incredibly hard word to pronounce in the Greek. And if I did that, you would just think that I was showing off. So I'm not going to give you the Greek pronouncement of it. But, but here really is the heart of the word, the meaning behind it. It means this. It means to attend constantly. It means to stay in a fixed direction, despite difficulty. A literal translation of the word is steadfastly Continuing. That's how they're described. They were steadfastly continuing. It reminds me of one of my favorite books, which is by the late pastor Eugene Peterson. It's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. That's devotion, constant attention, a fixed direction, in spite of all sorts of difficulties. I think that we would all want to be described as a devoted person. In the different facets of our life, we want to be described as a devoted friend, perhaps a devoted spouse or parent, a devoted employee, 
We want, we want to be devoted to the causes that we're passionate about. We're inspired by people that are uniquely devoted. A long time ago, like back in the day, I was a youth pastor. And we had a kid in our ministry who was a, he was a star quarterback at a high school in, in Orange County where, where I lived. And he's since gone on to be an NFL quarterback. And, you know, in our youth ministry, we had this group of kids. They were super close. They'd spend a ton of time together goofing off, um, making mostly good choices. And, uh, but Matt was just different. Matt was uniquely devoted to something that not just something that he liked to do, which was football, but something that he believed that God had placed him uniquely in to do. And so Matt was often saying no to certain things or he couldn't be involved in everything because he was devoted to this, this craft that he had. He was devoted to developing in that. So after school, he'd be at practice or workouts, or he would be um, studying film, and he would be spending time with his teammates. Really, he was devoted not just to himself, but he was devoted to this community that he was a part of, working towards this goal. Now, that word devotion, it's, it's not just an individual word. Really, it's a communal word. And Luke is particularly concerned that his reader would understand that there was a community of believers that were devoted to specific things. And so we're going to look at those today. Four things, it's going to be very brief, and within each of these things that the early church was committed to, devoted to, we're going to find ways that we can participate in the life of the church as well. So the first thing we learn is that they were devoted, we're told, constantly focused on the apostles' teachings. The apostles' teachings would have consisted of the teachings of Jesus and as remembered uh, by the 12 who traveled closely with him as apprentices for, for up to three years of just living with Jesus, his disciples, learning from him. So it would have consisted in, in what his disciples had, had gained from their time spent with Jesus, but it would also have consisted of these 40 days that Jesus spent with them post-resurrection, teaching them, um, showing them great things, great truths about who God is, and, and really preparing them for their mission of bringing the good news to every nation. So these young believers were fixated on what the apostles were teaching about the nature and character and purposes, even the miracles and the personhood of Jesus. They were devoted to learning about Jesus about how he had fulfilled the teachings of the Old Testament and how the scriptures, all the scriptures had, had pointed toward him. And so these, the apostles, these early church leaders were performing miracles and signs and wonders that would authenticate the reality that Jesus had passed his ministry on to them, his followers, his disciples. So the apostles' teaching, we're told they're devoted to the apostles' teaching. Well, the apostles' teaching would become would form the bedrock of what, of what really we, we now see as the, the New Testament. So these young believers were devoted to learning about Jesus, the Logos, the Word, but they were also devoted to the scriptures that had revealed him and appointed to him. And here at our church, we're devoted to the same thing. We want to learn the way of Jesus, how to follow him. And we want to learn that through the scriptures which have uniquely revealed him to us as a community. And so 
this, this fall, we're, we're relaunching the gospel class. And after the service, you can learn if you go to the classes um, tab on riverwest.org, you can, you can learn about the different classes we have. But the gospel class is going to be available this fall. It's an exploration on how to learn to live and to love the gospel. It's not just some kind of cerebral experience, but it's a community learning the gospel together, a community of people that are devoted to the gospel. Another great opportunity for you is to devote yourself to, um, to learning the word would be to join the river, which is a community of women who are exploring the scriptures, the Psalms, to know the heart of God. So there's great opportunities there. And we know in Acts 2 that these early believers are devoted to learning and that we should as well. The second thing is that we're told is that these young believers were devoted to fellowship. Now, fellowship is one of those churchy words that kind of, we, it's, it's, it can be a little cringy, but the word is koinonia. And the word koinonia means participation. It means sharing in. And we've been talking about unity in our church a lot over these past few weeks, and we will continue to do that. We're talking about what we share in Jesus and how that is greater than anything else that could divide us. But these new believers were devoted to koinonia. They were devoted to each other. And it was hard work. It was challenging. And we can't escape sort of this radical nature of their hospitality and their generosity. We're told that they were sharing possessions with each other, that they were, they were giving freely to each other, to whoever who had need. And it wasn't out of coercion. It wasn't out of some kind of government order or, or heavy-handed church leadership. They began to just give to each other as needed. We know that some of them sold their homes so that they could give monetarily to one another. We know that some, many of them kept their homes, but not just for themselves, but so that they could house one another if, if there was somebody who was in need. And what was going on with this, these early church believers was, I believe, something was happening to them where they began to see that their homes and their possessions were really just an opportunity to reveal to the brothers and sisters that God himself had possessed their hearts. So they didn't own anything. They, they were given gifts. All of life is a gift. And for, for these early believers, it, it was an opportunity to, to be stewards of what God had given them, to share in. And that's what koinonia means. Now, in our church, I believe that we are entering into a time, maybe even more so than ever, of unique opportunity to share in together. Radical opportunities for generosity, hospitality, for caring for one another, supporting one another. That's why we call and encourage many of you to join community groups and house churches, whether that's digital or in person. The truth is, is we have a shortage in these ministries of people who are willing to, to host um, house church experiences or to host community groups. I'm going to be leading a Zoom call right after the service where you can come and and. and onto that call with some of us leaders, and we're just going to talk about the opportunity for you to express hospitality, for you to invite people into your digital space, or, or, or for those of you that are comfortable into your home and um, for worship. 
So the early church was devoted to fellowship. Now, the third thing that they were devoted to is worship. These people were devoted to worship. Verse 46 tells us that day by day, regularly, as part of the rhythm of life, they were gathered in the temple and also in their homes with glad and generous hearts. They were gathering. They were gathering as a large group, and then they were gathering in small groups. Now, I want to talk just really specifically to the moment that we're in and even just reflect a little bit on what what we believe church actually is. What Luke describes here is significant. The early Christians, believers, they placed a high value on public gatherings of, let's just call it, going to church, going together as a community to a place of worship. And for a time before they were kicked out, they would go to the temple the perhaps in many ways the supreme place of, of worship and they would gather in the temple for worship. But that gathering was not pitted against the home gathering. It wasn't necessarily called on as, as more important or more significant. They Luke just tells us that they did both of these things. They gathered, sometimes in public worship and other times in their homes. Now I'm going to talk even more specifically. I know that many of you are are just frustrated right now that we're not having large gatherings in our building, in our sanctuary. By the way, you can come tonight, weather permitting, um, in the parking lot, drive-in style worship, 645 and 745. But I know that the the loss of, of the public gathering has been something that we've grieved I know I have, but as I've been praying and thinking and really seeking God's heart in this season, I believe, I, and I really believe this, that the informal gatherings, the home, especially for those of you who want nothing more than to come here, to hug each other and, and, and sing praises together, that the home, the, the informal gathering is of great value for God's people. And I wonder at times, I'll just say this, I wonder at times if we have valued to such a great degree, the large gathering that we have lost appreciation for the small, intimate gathering of people who, who open God's word together and pray for one another and share needs and share their hearts. There's a, there's a community within our church that I want to talk to you about. Um, they're called Oaks. And uh, I, I should know it's older kindred spirits Older, whatever. Okay, so this is a group of women who, who love each other deeply. These are wonderful saints, women of great faith, who way before COVID, way before COVID was even a thing, they committed themselves, they devoted themselves to one another, to walk and come alongside one another, to share life. These women have shared some of the, the greatest losses together, whether that's the, the death of a spouse or all kinds of tragedies. They've shared in them together. They've always been committed to doing this. And when, when, when COVID started, we, as pastors, we began to hear reports that, that the Oaks were going on walks together. Uh, they were going on prayer walks together. And what they would do is they would show up at one another's houses. Maybe even some of the people in their community some of the women who are especially vulnerable or who'd experienced great loss, they would walk 
together, show up, stand outside their house and sing hymns over their sisters in Christ. How beautiful is that? This radical commitment and devotion to each other where they said, look, the world, we don't understand what's going on in the world, but we are devoted to one another. I was talking with Ginny Rodriguez, who's a part of this community. I was talking to her yesterday. I said, you got to tell me some stories. I have like way more stories that I don't have time to tell about the Oaks. But, but she said, I, I said, Ginny, so what are you going to do on these prayer walks when, when it starts to rain? And she literally said this to me. She says, that's why I own an umbrella. And that's it, friends. Devotion. She said, come what may. She's like, if it's icy outside, we probably won't walk and pray. But other than that, rain or shine, we will commit ourselves to each other. Devoted to worship, to small gatherings, whether it's, whether it's in a home or, or, or on a walk together, just devoted to that. The fourth thing is this, and we're going to spend more time talking about this over the next few weeks, but the early church was devoted to prayer. And I want to, it says in, in verse 42, it says they were, they were devoted to the prayers. And I wonder what it would look like for us to become a community devoted to prayer, constantly praying, despite difficulty, steadfast prayer. So this fall, and we'll be talking about this more over the next few weeks, we're going to be launching regular prayer gatherings in our building, safe gatherings within our, in our sanctuary, uh, RSVP, social distance, all those things where we'll gather a group of people together regularly throughout the week to pray, to call out to God together, to cry out to him for mercy and grace, to cry out to him for, for his favor and, and provision in our world. We're going to become a praying community over this fall, and we, we can't wait to just invite you into that space where that can happen. So this is what we're seeking, church. We are seeking to become a devoted church, devoted to Jesus, to the word, to fellowship, to worship, to prayer. And that's what God is up to here at River West, and you are invited into that. So what I'm going to do now, the next part of our service is I'm going to invite up a friend um, we're going to have a brief conversation with, with my friend James, and we're going to talk about community and what that looks like for his family right now, and then we'll continue on in our service.